Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. Bienvenue tout le monde. Je m'appelle Heather. Uh, cześć. Ja mam na imię Marcin. So welcome back to an episode with Marcin, my co-host, and I. Today, we're going to tell you 10 tips to improve your language learning in 2022. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to tell you how to improve your own language learning as a language if you're learning language for yourself, and also if you're a bilingual, multilingual parent, how to make improvements in your family language plan and things that you do as a family. So our first tip, I put this one first because I love it so much. It is music. So listening to songs, singing along. Uh, I'm constantly singing lullabies to my kids to try and get them to fall asleep at nap in bedtime. So there's many things that you can do with music and it's just enjoyable. Uh, we play it all the time, you know, making food, whatever we're doing just lifts the mood. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. I do. Um... I do that as well. I listen to music in, in many languages, more languages than I, uh, definitely more languages than I speak, but more languages than I've ever studied. Yeah. Um, so the tip for me is to actually listen and, you know, get, get things out of it that way rather than passively have it on. But yeah, it's it's a wonderful uh, pastime or it's it's an active learning, but it's, you, you can do it as a pastime. Very true. So that is a good point. Um, I think as people who are interested in different cultures, you and I, we listen to a lot of music, probably people listening to this podcast do the same. But I think if you really wanna get something out of it, you do have to look at the lyrics, maybe look up some words. Um, some people even enjoy translating a song that they enjoy listening to so that they know what it's saying. Um, it's a bit easier for us as English speakers. You can often find a translation already <laughs> made for you, um, but yeah. try not to look at it if you're trying to do the exercise yourself. But even singing along is going to help your pronunciation. So there's many things you can do. And as a teacher, I always enjoyed creating little activities where I would take the verbs out or take vocab out and make my students listen and try and see if they could hear what, what verb was missing or what word was missing. So if you're really motivated, you could maybe do that for yourself. No, that's really great. And um, also for those of you that have Spotify and use it, they've they've started um, including lyrics right in the yes. song. So I've I've been uh, taking you know a big advantage of that. Me too. Me too. I noticed it yeah. the first day it came out. I was like, what is this? Swipe yeah. up. See these lyrics. Um, I have noticed some of the Arabic songs have Arabic script and some of them have Latin script. So that's interesting. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know about other languages, but. Uh, oh, I did see Korean. Um, I just don't know how many languages they've actually, they're actually capable of uh, putting on yeah. there. So we'll see. And, and um, they've, they've only started it, you know, just recently as, as we're recording. So uh, I'm sure they'll be adding to it and improving it because I've sure. seen, I've definitely seen uh, Polish and German. Those are oh, yeah. the ones I'm used, you know, I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely take advantage of that. If you're not already listening to Spotify, um, just very useful not to have to look it up, open another tab, find mm -hmm. the lyrics, etc. Yeah. All right, awesome. So our second tip is to include more games. So I think yeah. as a multilingual parent, I see that my kids really benefit from playing games and we've been kind of cooped up in the house. <laughs> it's winter is coming. So <laughs> we're kind of pulling out all of the games and seeing what we can do with them. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, board games, just because my kids are little, but if you have older kids, you could do video games. Uh, we've even done some like rhyming games, you know, kind of just things you could do in a car ride without any material. You could just kind of, you know, see what word rhymes with this word. And you can do that in any language. Um, mm -hmm. Even jokes. My mom tried to teach my kids how to do knock-knock jokes and oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not really work. 
But um, I feel like, you know, just anything that gets them using the language. So for them, English is not their dominant language and they're trying to understand how to do a knock-knock joke and, you know, how it works. So yeah, it's very, very useful, I think. Yeah, and jokes are incredible uh, and, and powerful cultural tools because like in Polish, we don't have knock-knock jokes. That makes no <laughs> sense. So it, and it obviously <laughs> works the other way if I ever tried to <laughs> book <laughs> Um so I mean, well, maybe now we will. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but but yeah, it's um, it's it's a wonderful uh, thing. And and uh, going from, you know, I've I've often often tried to translate jokes into English, especially communist oh. jokes. That's a different type of culture. But uh, for the history students in my, you know, when I was an undergrad and a grad uh, student in history, mm -hmm. I always thought that that's a wonderful resource. Why don't we use more of it? Um, so. And I wholly agree succeed? with that. Because I know translating jokes can often backfire or fail or <laughs> it's just yeah, hard. It's really, especially when the joke is based on a linguistic feature that like once you translate it, it's lost in translation. And well, yeah, but I would avoid those jokes. But yeah, okay. I still, I, I don't know how many times I've succeeded, but I've definitely failed, you know, a hundred times at least. Mm -hmm. I just know trying to understand Polish jokes. Sometimes I do, sometimes it's over my head and then we yeah, try and, and explain it and... And and that's what I'm saying. That's my point is that they are like culturally so different. And you can watch a TV show mm -hmm. from another country and you will, you know, even if you're not, um, if, even if it's a language you don't speak, obviously, you know, if you, can, if you have the translation, you'll, you'll follow the plot line, you'll understand what's happening. But uh, a joke, even in a language you speak on an intermediate or even mm -hmm. early advanced level, they will most likely not make much sense to you at first. It's it's a whole different uh, level of understanding. Yeah, and things that cultures find funny are not necessarily the same things <laughs> throughout. You yeah. know, over other um, when you compare it to another culture. So yeah, very interesting. Um, so if you are raising multilingual kids, you know, give them jokes in all languages so that they can <laughs> they can have a humor yeah. in all of their <laughs> languages. Um, and then yeah. if you're just a, a language learner like us. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, all the gamification of apps, that's, um, you know, very motivating for a lot of us to have levels and people you're competing against and points and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you play just video games, not language learning apps that are gamified, but just straight up video games, um, which I do a lot of. And, and these days, um, they're they're all available, or many of them are available in multiple languages. So it's likely that the, the games you're looking for, or like the language you're learning, there'll be games in that language you can you can play. And if you enjoy them, um, it's a it's a great way to learn. Gaming is so different. So like when we were little, you know, in the '90s, you just had your little Nintendo and you played against the person next to you. And yeah. gaming now is so international. Like you meet people from all over the world. It's just I've only played video games when I was a little kid and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do it now. And like, when I hear people talk about gaming and how it's using all their languages and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's yeah. not the gaming I knew as a yeah. you know, 10 year old. Yeah. So it's, I know, it's Yeah. And I mean, you know, Super Mario Brothers is still probably the best game ever, but there are other the vintage other games, games are good. Exist. Now, yeah. now we're vintage. Um, yes. But I do think it's cool that there is so much you know, intercultural stuff happening in the gaming world. I don't, like I said, I don't know anything about it, but mm -hmm. much in here is our expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you lack an expert, I'm your expert. Wonderful. All right. Yes. Tip number three. You're also All the right. expert in this. 
Am I? Well, this is now we're that we finished. We the first two we lure you in with some fun things like music and games, and now we're down to reading, uh, because that's our next topic. So, for bilingual parents, I um, love reading. Why? Yeah, sure. But you know, may, maybe if people make a list of things that they like, music and games might end up slightly higher. A little bit higher. They're obviously wrong, but it's you know still. <laughs> Um, so yeah, reading is, is is a great activity, and you can do it with your with your kids in obviously your own language, but uh, in your target language. And um, this is a, something we could go on for a very long time about the advantages of of reading yeah. uh, with your child, because it's not just that um, they're developing language and they're developing breadth of interest. They they become interested in many things. They learn vocabulary, uh, mm -hmm. but it's also a very intimate time between a caregiver and the child where you really um, bond and, and become really close and, and you build relationships mm -hmm. that way. Yeah, it's the whole experience. And we don't have to tell you guys this. If you're a parent, you know. If you're not a parent, you still know. Uh, so we're kind of preaching to the choir here. I know everybody yeah. knows how important reading is. I did uh, see a study that talked about how much, mm -hmm. um, how much more vocab you can get from reading than television or anything else, the level of vocab is so much higher. Um, so I think they were counting the yeah. number of advanced words or something. Um, just pointing, it was uh, the number of advanced words in children's books compared to TV for kids, uh, TV for adults, mm -hmm. everything else, like children's books had the highest percentage of advanced words. So that's very interesting because, you know, we're going to talk about TV, but um, there's just yeah. such, such, there's so many, there's countless reasons why reading is important. I think you can read to your kids in any language there's you know everybody has their own philosophy but i personally read to them in all the languages that i speak depending on the book we have and i also translate so sometimes i'll ask them like tonight my you know my daughter gave me a book and i said do you want it in french and it was a book written in english and she said sure yeah so i read it in french <laughs> sure. you know and sometimes i translate you know polish to english or you know whatever um if i translate a book into polish i usually simplify <laughs> but yeah just, well you gotta read the crowd yeah, well, and also my my skill level, but uh, <laughs> but that, you know, you got to know yourself. Um, yes. But I also think there's so many other. It's not just books, you know. There's poetry. You included audiobooks here. Mm -hmm. um, there's other ways to get to get that linguistic uh, input and that yeah, all and, that and there forms are, of literature. There are some incredible children's poetry books um, yeah. that are being published every year. There are incredible new. Uh, books that are published and and I really encourage people to to look into them because yeah we we all know like some of the classics and and we all you know grew up with them and enjoyed them so it's easy for us to now as adults get those books for our kids but but the um, books that are being published and poetry books included are absolutely incredible yeah. um, so so definitely check out your your library and you know your bookstores for for that mm -hmm. section because you'll find some incredible gems in there. And a great way, obviously, you can talk to the librarian, but also I just follow a lot of accounts on Instagram. And there's many people dedicated to posting about, you know, mm -hmm. children's books specifically, books about inclusion specifically, books yeah. about, you know, indigenous populations specifically. There's many, many accounts if you know what you want to look for. Um, you know, you can look for and find accounts that are just about, you know, Hispanic authors, but they publish in both English and Spanish. You know, whatever it is that you're looking for, you can probably find it. Um, same thing, yeah. I follow a lot of accounts that are like Polish moms, but they're teaching their kids English. So kind of the opposite of me. Um, there's just a wealth of knowledge on social mm -hmm. media. So don't be afraid to use it. All right, how about for our learners? 
if you don't have kids. Yeah, I will still read um, and definitely still read children's books, uh, especially if you're, you know, a, a beginner, uh, an early reader. Um, they they are still, uh, you still get a lot of them. You'll get a lot of vocabulary and a lot of grammar. So it's very, um, they're, they're just very good resources. And, um, you know, I, you, you have to balance it because if you get things that are too easy, um, things that yeah. you understand very easily, or even things that you don't necessarily understand, but if the, the level is just for say babies and it's extremely simple, then, you know, you, you might get bored or frustrated. So, um, so yeah, definitely don't overdo it, but, but yeah. those, uh, especially picture books, picture books are not made for kids to read by themselves they are made for adults to read with children. So, mm -hmm. um, they are designed, um, to work on, to operate on all reading levels and age levels. Yeah. Um, and have so, someone yeah. expanding, not just saying, Oh yeah. Book, dog, <laughs> cat. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think picking the right level is very important. And just on the note of kids' books, um, I've done a couple of Duolingo events in Polish where I'm reading, uh, well, I'm actually having the participants read out loud mm -hmm. a page of a book and we go through a child's book or a children's book in Polish. And it's surprising. Like people are saying, like, oh, you know, I didn't think I would get this much vocabulary or this much grammar, because we talk about the grammar of the sentence. Um and it, it's surprising even to me, sometimes I'm reading books to my kids uh, in French or in Polish. And there's there's a few words I don't know. And before I do the events, you know, I might have to look up a few words to make sure I can accurately translate to my, you know, the, the participants of oh, these yeah. Duolingo events that I'm, you know, when I'm with my kids, I just read it. But I'm like, what exactly is that word mm -hmm. in English? Like, I don't know if I could just come up with it off the top of my head. Yeah, wing it. So like and, we said, also, children's yeah. books are rich in vocabulary. So, yeah, you know, and, don't be discouraged you... if you don't know it all. And once you get to a more advanced level, um, if you're looking at um, learning, like the, the nonfiction books for children are absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. And they, they include all subjects and all topics. Um, and obviously, you know, the um, dinosaurs and trucks are perennial favorites with children. But any, any really any, almost any topic you can think of, um, you know, including like coronavirus and climate change and very current topics and, you um, mm -hmm. um, you know, biographies of, of people, uh, interesting people, like th there are incredible um, children's resources for that. So definitely check those out and they will be um, written in a language that is slightly maybe easier to follow and the books might be shorter. So you don't need to pick up a thousand, you know, page mm -hmm. biography of somebody. You can get a 50 page biography that's written for kids that will contain, you know, as much information as you'd like to hear anyway. Good point. Good point. And you can always go to that thousand page one later, but like in increments, you know, you want to read the little one first and then move on to the middle one. And yeah. I also just want to mention, because um, as everyone probably knows this year, I've been learning Italian. And I did read, um, you probably know these series with Ollie Richards. He has like the short stories in series where he has all the, you know, a lot of the big languages. Mm -hmm. um, so I read the Italian um, short stories for beginners. And he also has an intermediate one. And, you know, after a few months of Italian, well, thanks to lots of French and Spanish knowledge, um, I was able yeah. to read that. And I just think those are really good because the stories start easier and they get harder. And he specifically chose like the most common words. I forget how, whatever number of commonly yeah. used words, but he specifically like wrote the stories to include all those words so that it's giving you vocab you might actually use one day. Um, so yeah. those are a really great series. And I also was reading, if you can find one of these, it's harder, but a bilingual book 
So Jhumpa Lahiri has, in other words, and she has the English version, has both the Italian and the English. So she wrote it in Italian, had somebody else translate it. Um, so if you can find a book like that, it's wonderful because I would read the Italian and just check the English if I didn't get a sentence or an idea. Um, yeah. And once again, uh, more and more children's books are being published bilingually. So that's something that, you know, depending on what your language is, if it's like French or, or Italian or Spanish uh, and you live in the U.S., like the chances are that your local library system might have mm -hmm. um, a fair amount of books to choose from that are bilingual. Sure. And we should still give a shout out to, you know, all the non-book reading materials, um, <laughs> your Instagram posts and, and you know, newspapers and um, and a lot of websites online might be catered towards lear language learners so if you're mm -hmm. you, you can learn you can read news uh, in your target language that is designed for uh people who are learning the language and mm -hmm. those are uh those are really good to you know keep up to date with events and especially events in your uh in the country or target mm -hmm. language so uh, those yeah, are great resources i agree i feel like any reading counts even if it's just short sentence or a full book you know it's reading is yeah. reading and the more you do it in that language the better you're, you're going to get yeah and as we always say in the in the kids room like audiobooks count as well it counts for reading awesome that's a good point all right another fun topic is yeah. writing <laughs> nobody no. wants to hear this word but I, yeah i don't want to hear it and i'm the one who wrote it who wrote it uh, i know but it does help <laughs> it will definitely help you um and it'll help your child as well, depending on your child's age. Of course, my kids are not at that age yet, mm -hmm. but once they get old enough, you know, and they have the skills and they, they know letters or, or whatever the, the writing system uses, you can start small. You can have them help you write the grocery list, um, maybe write a wish list for their birthday or for the holidays, write a postcard. You know, it doesn't have to be a super long thing, but if it's something motivating, you know, let's write a letter to your grandma, just something short. Um, and also, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to Multilingual Dad, who's on Instagram, Yoshito. He was a previous guest, uh, so you might have heard his interview. And he wrote um, he wrote a book recently about getting your kids to read and write in their target language. And he his Instagram is full of great ideas. So definitely check out his Instagram, check out his book. Mm -hmm. He's got tons of resources because that's really what he's you know specializing in is getting your kids to actually use it. And reading and writing is such a great yeah. way to do that. So, yeah, and we've looked, or I, I was reading some research about the, um, you know, the, the by now it feels like an age-old question of uh, typing versus writing by hand, mm -hmm. and um, but but there is, you know, from a neurological point of view, like the um, writing out by hand, and kind of engages so many different parts of your brain and, and uses so many different like synapses um, in your brain that, you know, especially when you're learning an alphabet or you're learning to speak a language that uses a different alphabet, actually doing the strokes of the pen will, will help you solidify being able to, to recognize those characters. So, you know, yeah. starting from those building blocks and then as you progress writing just simple just words and then start to write sentences and then progress to mm -hmm. um, something more advanced. Like uh, you can keep a personal journal if you'd like, yeah. but even as you said, like just write out a shopping list and, and that's already um, taking advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And I think with our kids, you know, we want them to feel comfortable with the language. And if they aren't able to write in it or read in it to go back to reading, I think that's, you know, they might feel that they're not 
they just they, they might not feel confident if they don't grow up having those skills. So I think it's, yeah. you know, we're not saying you need to do these tips every day, but you know, if you can mm-hmm. kind of bolster their reading and writing, um, it just might help them in the long run. And um, I definitely think writing, you know, a personal journal. I started that with French when I was in high school and I found it super helpful. I mean, I made tons of mistakes. Our teacher had suggested that we do that, but I think it's also just getting used to, to thinking in that language and getting the flow of the yeah. language. And it, you know, she said she wasn't going to correct us. It was just to, to get us writing. Um, and I continued, I mean, I started it in high school, but I continued college living in France. Like I just, all my personal journals, I always wrote in French. Um, So if anyone finds my personal journals, um, hopefully you don't speak French, but. Yeah, here's another reason to learn French. There you go. Um, But also I was going to say for people who are learning a language, um, sometimes, you know, the book, if you're, if you're using a book or you're following somebody, you know, they want you to write a certain sentence, but I really found it useful to just think about like, what would I actually want to say? So like I wrote, the first thing I wrote, I think was, you know, hello, my name is <laughs> Buongiorno, mi chiamo Heather, like mm-hmm. all the like basics about myself, um, because that would, that was what I was actually going to use when I was going to these Duolingo events, you know, people would ask you like, abiti, where do you live? And so I, was, I yeah. just literally wrote like a self-introduction, like, you know, here's me. Um, yeah. And I would refer back to that when I was first attending events, because I would like forget <laughs> mm-hmm. how to say like town or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think yeah. it's just, the more you write from your own personal experience, I feel like it's going to be better than just copying somebody else's words, translating per se. I feel like it's just going to help you learn better because you personally want to say those things. You're looking up words because you want to say them. You want to use them. Yeah. Um, and and so just to kind of uh, reiterate what you just said, you know, you're, you're, you can start right at A1. You don't have to wait until you're an advanced uh, speaker of a language to start writing Definitely not. Um, right from the first day that is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not going to be anything spectacular. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone follows me on Instagram, a lot of people have been reposting um, multilingual Marissa's meme, which is of Mm-hmm. God, what is that actor's name he's sitting in a it's an old it's a man sitting in a group of toddlers and it's like me learning a, a new language at, oh, at an right. a1 level yeah. so that's how i feel um but it's normal and everybody's commenting yes i feel oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's me with this yeah. language but yeah it's it's normal you know you're not going to be able to say anything spectacular but if you can at least get those sentences down it's going to boost yeah. your confidence so a lot of this is like little wins we want to have these small wins to add up to a bigger success in 2022 let's move on to something more fun after we did all the like the two tips that are sorry i had to get my teacher you know boxes checked off like make sure you do reading and writing well yeah we we both had a lot of ideas about those yeah yeah, so let's move on to tip number five which is cooking and eating um so Cooking and eating, everybody, we need to do it. Unfortunately, a lot of us <laughs> who the burden <laughs> falls on, <laughs> it's an unfortunate <laughs> matter, especially when you have kids demanding snacks 20 times a day. But food is a major part of all of our lives. Whether we like it or not, we have to eat. And it's also really cultural. So it can, you can make it really fun. If you're learning another language, you know, try making a dish from their culture. If it's your home language, a heritage language you're passing on, you know, it's all mm-hmm. the more fun to introduce that food to your kids. And you know, if you can make it with them, that's even more fun, you know, or send them to grandma's, <laughs> have to make pito <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> but um, even just like looking at recipes, there's so many things you can do with food. You can write the grocery list. You can ask your kids, what do we not have? You know, go look in the fridge. What are we missing? What do we need? Um, there's just so many things that you can do with food and that vocab, you know, it's very specific. I think a lot of us um, that either have a heritage language or passing on a heritage language, you know, the kids are really good at food because yeah. that's like one of the, the main, <laughs> the main stakes in a heritage language, right? We're, we're not lacking in vocab in the, the kitchen, I don't think so. No, no. But also because, you know, because we all enjoy a good meal, um, but we don't necessarily enjoy all the prep work you know this gives you a, a, another dimension um because I, I found that following recipes in in a target language to be more fun than using you know than using recipes in your mm -hmm. um in your l1 and you're in a language that you speak very well um yeah. because you know you use it a lot anyway so it's there, there's not much difference uh but yeah if you're following uh, especially doing a, a dish that is more culturally significant um mm -hmm. so in my case because I love soup and I learn German, you know, looking up asparagus soup is always fun in the spring. Wow, that sounds like a big highlight. <laughs> I, I know it doesn't sound like much, but for me it is. Um, I also was going to say that there's a lot of specific vocabulary that goes with food. So like stir, sift, I don't know, I, I don't even know in English, but like I dice know that and chop. Dice, that's another good one. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, and, and different words, spatula, you know, there's lots of things that aren't use anywhere else except the kitchen. So it's really great mm -hmm. to, to expand your vocabulary. Um, there's lots of verbs, like you said, when you're looking up a recipe. But I think a lot of us, not me, but a lot of us enjoy meal planning, cooking, <laughs> that whole <laughs> side of it, going to the grocery store. You know, kids kids love going to the grocery store. I never take mine, but they, they enjoy uh, it the one time <laughs> they've gone. <laughs> and um, so it could be fun, you know, take them and talk about what you see and all that fun stuff. And of course, we can't, you know, miss the, the piece de resistance, which is actually sitting down and eating. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, the most important part of cooking and food and all that. Yeah, hopefully um, you'll have enough time left after all that prep work and walking yeah. through the grocery store, speaking with the kids about every item on every shelf every food you need to know all these <laughs> yeah yes yes you're you finally get a meal at the end of this hopefully yeah. um where everybody sits peacefully and <laughs> uses their napkin and fork and knife properly no, we are hoping for that holiday magic every year but yeah all right and if you're i guess same things apply if you're learning a language look up some dishes try and make some dishes it's good for me with italian well, italian food's the best arguably after oh, German, right? I mean, asparagus soup or, <laughs> or pizza <laughs> and pasta. No, it's either, uh, yeah, it's pasta or bratwurst. So you're either getting sausages. I mean, it, it's wonderful for vegetarians, like German cuisine. Is it? Or are you being sarcastic? <laughs> uh, slightly, but I, they do have kind of like Polish people think, you know, it's, it's meat heavy, but it's also... Once Brothers. once you sift through that, there is a lot of wonderful vegetarian. Uh, Got miseria. Got your side dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love the uh, word miseria. It sounds like misery, but it's yeah, my well, favorite. It's exactly what it is. No, yeah, because it is apparent. Well, so unless you're telling me that the story is apocryphal. Okay. Because Queen Bona came from Italy. Wait, wait. She we was have the... to say what mis miseria is cucumber sliced thin yeah. with. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I thought, okay. <laughs> so back in the 16th century, the Queen Bona married Zygmunt, King Zygmunt of Poland, 
And um, she was Italian and she came to Poland and Italy, you know, really nice weather. She came to Poland. She was miserable. She hated it. You know, I'm, I might be exaggerating for, for effect, but, but then um, she brought cucumbers with her. That was one of the foods she brought over, introduced to Poland, along with tomatoes and, and mm -hmm. um, some other vegetables. And whenever they made cucumbers, she cried because they reminded Aww. her of her native Italy, which, which she loved so much and missed. So the side dish is, as you said, cucumbers with, was it mayonnaise or sour, sour cream? cream, whatever, I yeah, think. Sour, sour cream, cream. and salt uh and that's all it is but it's called miseria in polish which means misery because she was saddened and whenever she had them i never knew that that was why it was called miseria i thought it was just like a random coincidence that no no i wrote a i, I wrote a story about that once a long time ago <gasps> yeah for the oh, polish center i feel for her I, I do feel for her that's rough yeah italy is i mean i spent grand total of like two weeks of my life in italy and you know it's two weeks more than me. every day yeah <laughs> it was more like 10 days probably i don't remember exactly but yeah think Jealous. about it every day yeah yeah, yeah. one day one day we'll, i'll get there Buongiorno. yes and then eat a lot of pasta yes if anyone wants to sponsor this podcast and send us on a trip <laughs> to italy well, buy us a coffee yeah two thousand dollars each <laughs> you do that we'll start a youtube channel uh oh please don't promise anything <laughs> <laughs> i don't have time for youtube too much pressure i'll do it for a trip to italy sounds like okay okay i mean yeah. that is that's a really hard deal to pass up i think i would too <laughs> there you go it won't be a good youtube channel won't have ten thousand followers but no it'll all have right. 20 on day one <laughs> you me and all our friends all right Twenty thousand friends of ours <laughs> close friends all right so the sixth yeah. tip that we want to tell you guys about before we get too off track about italy sorry is having a routine all right. So parents, we know how important routine is if you have small kids, but I think just, you know, if you're not speaking, let's say you're not speaking your home language, your target language with your kids right now, and you want to start, just pick one time of day. It doesn't have to be the whole day. You don't need to, you know, have this 24 hour goal that you're going to be perfect on day one. Just pick mm -hmm. one, one point in your day. It could be breakfast time, you know, before you get the kids out of the house, it could be bath time dinner time, you know, whatever is a good time right before bed, maybe you're like, oh, I forgot to do it all day. Let me quick <laughs> talk to yeah. them in target language before bed, whatever time it is, pick one time and try and stick to that. And then you can grow from there. So if you're successfully speaking to your kids every day at bedtime in the language, you know, pick another time and try and add that on. So basically the whole, this whole podcast episode is like, do little goals, like take little goals, try and be successful before you have this huge, you know, we set ourselves up I think for failure with our new year's resolutions where we're like, mm -hmm. I am going to go to the gym every day. And then by day <laughs> three, we missed our gym time. Um, so I think, you know, just trying our best to, to do a little bit, to change your routine a little bit, because it takes a lot of time to get used to something new and you know, you're not yeah. going to be able to, to change day to night just because the calendar has gone to January 1st, unfortunately. And and also, you know, this is a very big undertaking, uh, obviously. So it can be very intimidating. So, so it might be easy to say like, yes, I would like to, but I don't really have time. Whereas, you know, we never do that about eating. Like we still eat, even if it's rushed and whatnot. But mm -hmm. um, so if you can think about the parts of your day where you can build that into your routine. So for me, you know, I spent about 30 minutes each day, like driving to and from work. So I spend an hour in my car at least. 
Um, and obviously, if you're lucky slash unlucky enough to use public transit, mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't have to just be limited to listening. You could be doing your language apps or reading a book in your target language or whatnot. So that that's a great I like great that tip where find, yeah. yeah, find a good time in your day where it would make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you can do it during ironing, uh, if you iron. And <laughs> Who irons? There is a... Who's ironing and making asparagus soup with marching? Please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. Yeah, no, uh, it's just me. Nobody else has time. Uh, but yeah, if you if you iron, you're not really using your brain, you know, you're to uh, washing dishes. Um, yeah, you can listen to a podcast. Although this is different, you know, we're kind of getting into. There's different ways that we're talking about routine. What are you trying to add to your routine? Is it more input? Is it more speaking? Is it more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kind of, this one's really open. You kind of got to decide what is it you're doing. Do you want to? you know, read your kids a book in the target language every night, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that pick one thing you want to add to your routine and try it out, try it out for a few days, try it out for a week, something like that. Yeah. I, we all struggle with routine. We, it sounds so good, right? Like I am going to do this thing, Yeah. but life happens and that's okay. Just, you know, if something happens that day, just move on. You can reset. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So another fun thing you could do, this one is also Mm -hmm. very broad. Um, tip seven is to engage in activities. So mm-hmm. this is very broad, but if there are, if you're lucky enough to have a community where they maybe have a bilingual story hour or any other activity where there's going to be speakers of that language. So I'm thinking like in the US, there's a lot of uh, Spanish speakers. So you might be able to find yeah. events where you can actually bring your child and have them kind of live an experience in that language. Ideally, your kid is going to be in person with peers of a similar age, but you know, yeah. that's not uh, always feasible. That's not always, you know, available, but if it's online, mm-hmm. if it's whatever it is that you, some kind of an activity, I know we're going to probably try and do a video call with um, the other Polish kids from back home and try My kids got their Christmas cards. Well, we got Christmas cards from them mm-hmm. and the kids were saying how much they miss seeing their friends. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we can, you know, we can't really go see them, but we can maybe do a video call. So hopefully yeah. we can have them speaking Polish together in that way. So having, you know, some sort of activity where they're going to be engaging with people. Yeah. And, and the, the power of peers is, you know, we shouldn't underestimate it because as, as an adult, you can teach your kid and, you know, speak to your kid and they'll, they'll just, they might, you know, learn it and they might think of it as a, something that old people speak but once they get peers that are their same age and they they engage with them then once again it becomes a much different reality for them yep it's a good point peers are such a good asset if you can yeah. find other kids that speak the, the language and if you are a language learner you know also try and find an activity if there's um maybe like a meetup that happens i know my friend reka on instagram goes to these polyglot gatherings like every weekend mm. and I'm so jealous she'll post pictures and I'm like I wish we had that and she goes Where why don't that? you start it <laughs> that is um she's in the Czech Republic uh okay but she's like why don't you start one and I was like I think my husband will kill me if I take on any more <laughs> any more pleasure projects like podcasts right. and well you know the, the yeah the Czech Republic is interesting the the part one one Duolingo event that I um I mean these days I, I work so much that I always work when there are Duolingo events, but um, one of the ones I used to attend was um, organized by, well, this person from New York, but also this person who 
lives in, I believe, Switzerland, from what I remember, but he is Czech and his mm -hmm. partner is also Czech. So they're both, they both live in, I want to say Bern, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they speak German, so they, they co-organize the, the event. So yeah, shout out to the Czechs. Shout out to the Czech Republic. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Duolingo events are great because, you know, if we can't leave our house, we can at least meet up with people who are learning our same language. So mm -hmm. I went to one last night with Italian. It was very fun. So yeah, just, you know, try it, check it out. It's free. So that's an advantage. And you don't have to really go anywhere. Just sign on to Zoom. So. Yes, you, you need a device with an internet access. And I also want to say, you know, tutoring can be, you know, some people enjoy it, some people don't. But um, I know my uh, our um, previous guest, Tetsu, talked about how he has mm -hmm. his kids on italki. Basically, yeah. they're playing games with their tutor. So that's an activity. And he said his kids fight over it. They love it so much because, you know, whatever it is that this tutor is doing is they're doing a good job with kids. So because um, yeah, he's the only like, hear, yeah. Mandarin, he's he's passing on Mandarin and he has, I think, his father. But like, you know, he's got four other languages he's balancing. So he adds on a tutor to make it fun. Mm -hmm. So that's an activity um, you could add on. So there's lots of things you could think about. You know, it might cost money, might be free, but just yeah, you got to explore and be creative or create yeah. it yourself if you can't find yeah. it. Maybe create it, start up a Facebook group, see if there's other parents interested. You'd be surprised mm -hmm. if you have and time. If, well, got to make time. Yes, yes. So so this very naturally um, leads into the next uh, tip that we have, which is uh, talk about broad talking and video calls. Um, and this is, you know, as we say, kind of obvious, uh, this is what we do. But if if you really want your kids to, to pick up that target language, they they need to speak it and and use it, and that way, um, you know, they, that once again becomes real for them. And and the more the bigger the circle, the group you can create of people mm -hmm. they see, you know. So it's not just you or your partner. So you you know, it's it's a larger group of friends and family and the community. Mm -hmm. um, the larger that circle is, the the less they'll get bored looking at you. So I think this is like you said it. This is obvious but it doesn't mean we always do it. I think mm -hmm. so many of us, you know, multilingual people, polyglots, bilingual people, we can study our language and we do everything, you know, we're doing all the right things, we're studying, doing Duolingo, but we're not actually saying anything. You can do a lot of studying and never actually pronounce words if you're not like consciously saying yeah. like, okay, I need to actually say these words. Like I can't just click the buttons and read a book. Um, there's so many things that we, I think we default to and we're, we don't want to yeah. sound crazy and talk to ourselves and <laughs> we listen to podcasts, but we don't talk back to the podcast because we know they're not listening to us. <laughs> so you know, as obvious as this sounds, like you kind of do have to force yourself out of your comfort, you know, your comfort zone out of your little bubble and make yourself talk. Now, I don't think you should force your kid to talk, but I do think this is different from activities because you could send your kid to an activity and we've all seen kids at the playground you know, mm -hmm. 10, 10 kids who speak 10 different languages and they can play because they're not actually talking. They're just playing and mm -hmm. communicating with facial gestures. So, you know, your kid might be in Good an activity, point. but not actually speaking. You know, they're, they're going to be hearing things possibly, but they're not necessarily speaking. So I think speaking is an important thing we should focus on as parents. Um, I think the, the bilingual parenting community knows all too well that many kids are what we call receptive bilinguals where they understand yeah. the language but they don't actually speak it and we've all met people who say that 
you know, oh, I grew up with this language, but I, I don't speak it. Oh, I can yes. understand this language. I understand everything they say, but I can't speak it. So this is a very common phenomenon. Why? Mm-hmm. Because we don't push ourselves because it's easy. It's it's very easy to, to kind of, what do I want to say? Like slip under the bar where you can just be like, I'm learning a language, but I'm not using it. Um, I'm living in this you know, bilingual environment, but I don't need to use the language. I can respond yeah. to my parents in English. Sounds super general and broad, but talking is important. I think talking is very important Yeah, as a talkative well, I, person. <laughs> I'd phrase it as it's hard to be talking. And especially if you're somebody who is introverted, who is not as, um, who's not very outgoing. Talking can be one of the scariest things you'll ever do in your life. I can't understand that. I'm so extroverted. I can't even wrap my head around that. Concept. I, I, know. I know you people just don't, don't get it. We don't get it. Like you, you can people. tell me that, but I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd be quiet for a minute and let the introverts take their time to say what they want, it just the world be a better place. Okay. Point taken. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's enough of that. It is very important. And if you can meet native speakers, you know, as a language learners, if you can meet native speakers or if there are native speakers in your in your area and you can if you are lucky enough to, you know, to know them or befriend them or or mm-hmm. uh, see them on a regular basis, or you know, if you're able to go to like a, a local store owned by somebody who mm-hmm. speaks your target language, you know, you can even if it's just hello and goodbye and thank you and yeah. Um, you're already making progress if you weren't doing that beforehand. Good point. Um, and you might make that person's day to be so surprised. Yeah. Like, oh, this person's learning my language. Yes. Um, and I do, you know, there's there's many ways, like you said. So if you have friends, family, great, you know, reach out to them. But you can also make friends. There's apps now where you can, you know, sign up and try and get language partners. And there are people that are willing to have phone calls or even video calls. <laughs> I know introverts might not want to do that. Um but yeah. it's, it is different than, than writing and texting. You know, that's, it's another level because you have to understand the person. You have to respond back. I think that that's what language is. It's communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different mode. You're in a different mode when you're, when you're writing and reading versus when you're speaking and listening. So yeah, it can be scary and uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I met someone who I might've mentioned her before on, a, on the podcast, but she, she came over to the library and I helped her with something and it turned out she's a German native and German teacher. And so we spoke in German for a bit and she was absolutely incredible and very understanding. And, and, you know, she ended up giving me her phone number and said like, just call me huh? anytime you'd like to practice. Well, guess how many times I've called. It's I'm too scary. Yeah. Zero. No. Oh, yes. Martin, That's the right amount. Her. Yeah. Okay, I'm setting you a goal for 2020. You need to call I her at least once. I am not doing that. <laughs> She's very nice and a great teacher. And, you know, I helped her with her, like, um, grandchildren's, like, communication or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, this is it's scary. not calling it a is... stranger. Oh, see, yeah. I know. I know. It, it is a bit weird and, and scary. I can call, but only sometimes. Well, you gotta so, yeah. be, you got to befriend the person, and then you call. You don't call them the first the first time you say hey on the app. No. Well, <laughs> hey, yes, you want to call you know, after they offer that. I know, yeah. I know. So yeah, I'm putting myself out there, being like, "See, it's all right. It's okay to be scared." I know. Yeah, there are other ways that you can engage in in speaking, and that's why Duolingo events are also great because they are a much lower stress level in yes. a way. Uh, yeah, you, you can totally you know, exit, and there are more people. 
you're not the only one. It's not one-on-one. The one-on-one, yeah, it's a little scary. I just want to mention, because we are talking about um, video calling. I don't know if we said call your families if you have for bilingual parents, you know, make phone calls to people back home. Um, But just because we're talking about video uh, and I'm learning Italian, (laughs) all the hand gestures (laughs) that I can learn through a video that I can't (laughs) learn through text. So there is a benefit to having a video call for certain things. Has somebody ever done a study where they took native Italian speakers, um, tied their hands and had them communicate? Oh, I don't know, but that's very interesting. It would be so frustrating, I think. I mean, it would be frustrating whatever language you speak. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, we we do have that like view of Italian and Italians as like the stereotypical view, but like most most people in most languages do gesticulate a lot when when we speak. It's it's very natural. Mm -hmm. Good point. All right, let's get on to or almost to the end. Number nine, yeah, which is. TV and films. So I said we would come back to this. Um, and for parents, if you have children that you want to, you know, engage them more in the target language, of course, TV is such an obvious, you know, kids love it. Um, if you can find, you know, age appropriate films or TV shows, it's it's good for natural speech. Um, it's great for vocab. My kids have learned yeah. vocab <laughs> through TV shows. And I'm like, I don't watch with them normally. It's my husband. And then I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Polish words that I would never know because they're very specific. (laughs) Um, So I've learned some vocab through it as well. Um, But yeah, I think it's just kind of an obvious, like it's a, it's a fun activity and just being uh, an uptight parent, I'm going to give everybody (laughs) permission because I am the non TV parent. Like I will, I just don't want to put it on. Like I'm the one Mm -hmm. who was like anti TV for a long time. So I'm going to let myself go this guilt (laughs) We are entering a very cold winter here in Canada and mm. we are using more TV and it's okay. <laughs> it's all okay. So giving you all permission to let go of the parenting guilt about TV being evil because I was kind of on that team <laughs> for a while. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's kind of a thing with all new technologies, you know, radio came out, like, yeah. how dare people do that? And TV came out and that gen, the previous generation who, grew up with radio and loves radio said mm-hmm. like oh tv is evil and then the next generation the internet came out and that generation watches tv all the time and they yeah. talk about <laughs> the evils of the internet so um to each their vice. The, the, yeah but but also well i think it's more the studies pre-two-year-olds you know it's not suggested and then the who actually said pre-five it's not suggested mm-hmm. so there's different studies there's different reasons why people are are anti but i think it's not something we need to avoid hundred percent. I don't think I don't live my life in a black and white. I think moderation is good yeah. for everything. Well, that's and the idea. Yeah, exactly. So if TV is a motivating factor for your kids, then I would say go for it. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, you know, for kids and for language learners, like hearing that dialogue on the, on the shows um, is, is very powerful. And um, once again, I want to give a shout out to libraries because our local, like, and I mean, I, we're lucky enough, like where I live, I'm lucky enough to um, have a relatively well-funded re- library, you know, so mm-hmm. if you're, if you live in a place that doesn't fund their libraries, then, you know, we should vote for different people maybe, but mm-hmm. um, it's things like Netflix or Disney Plus, they, they can be very expensive and, and that becomes an accessibility issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, having an internet is already an accessibility issue. So having Zoom calls and Duolingo events, that can be very hard. Yes. Uh, but like our local library, you know, um, lends out, we have 
over 30 hotspots that you can borrow. So if you don't have oh, internet at home, you can great. still get it. As long as you have, you still need a, a device. You need a phone or a tablet that can mm-hmm. access that Wi-Fi. But yeah, so um, I realized that one of the apps that we that the library offers, I didn't realize they have audiobooks again. They used to have audiobooks, then they stopped, and now they have them again. The um, It's an app called Hoopla, um, and Canopy yeah, is another one that the library Hoopla. has. And yeah, um, and depending on your local library, you might have had it the whole time. Actually, Hoopla uh, is also regular books. You can also read like an ebook. You can read regular books, like music. e-books, audiobooks, music, film. Yeah, Hoopla's great. I was great. just checking... Um, Hoopla I was just checking Hoopla's, yes, H-O-O-P-L-A. I was checking out their um, languages and I looked for Polish movies and there are like, you know, a couple dozen of Polish films that just came up right away. Um, some right. newer ones and some really good ones. And um, same with German when I checked that. Mm-hmm. And Canopy is kind of like the the Netflix for libraries. You know, they have a ton of movies. It's a, it's awesome. a movie streaming service. So, um, you know, ch- definitely check your local libraries for that because... Um, you you can get things, you know, on YouTube if you have. Once again, mm-hmm. you can check for that, and they have a lot of things. But yeah, YouTube um, has a ton. It's of- a, but it's a very uh, treacherous place. You know, you can sometimes go very quickly from like a kid friendly show to something that looks kid friendly, but it was actually made to be completely the opposite. And yes, you need to be. Um, we need to be aware as parents, grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. but if you if you have things like Hoopla and you can do it for you know Hoopla kids and same with Canopy, um, great shows and on there. that point, I would say you know this is my own philosophy, but I think uh, as parents mm-hmm. with you know bilingual kids, I think you should someone should be sitting with them, watching the show with them, interacting, talking about it after. Um, I know the TV gets a bad rep as being a babysitter, and you know maybe for a few minutes you go away, you do something else, but like somebody usually in our case, it's my husband, (laughs) but it's nice to have like an adult actually sitting with them, especially if it's YouTube, because like we said quickly, YouTube will end and immediately start another video that you haven't chosen that YouTube has somehow chosen. So it's definitely uh, not the safest thing to just walk away and leave your kids watching. So yes, (laughs) I always suggest, you know, at least someone checking in on them. Yeah. Um, you know, asking them like what happened, what what do you think is gonna happen? You can kind of do the same things we would do with a book with a TV mm-hmm. show, where like you're, you know, maybe if you before you start it, you talk about pre-lecture, the pre-watching, like what's gonna happen in this episode based on the picture that's in the title, you know, the first yeah. picture. And then, you know, at the end of it, like, oh well, or in the middle, because usually things resolve by the end, but maybe in the middle, pause it and say, what do you think is gonna happen? What do you think they're gonna do? How are they gonna solve this problem? So you can kind of your kids might get annoyed with you. <laughs> this is all like it's, idealistic. Yeah. Well, got to read the crowd once again. <laughs> um, yeah. And I get in trouble with with my niece and nephew because I'm mm-hmm. I'm like almost didactic and I don't like myself for that either. Uh, but yeah, when I'm there, like, because there, there is a book, it's called the, the Whole Book Approach, I think it's called. It's by Megan Dowd Lambert, uh, who's actually local and I've I've met her, but actually I know her husband better, but um it's a it's a fairly like well um received book about you know reading uh when you're reading picture books with children or books with children to have that whole book approach where you're mm-hmm. looking at not just like the story and what happened, but you're looking at the illustrations and you're looking at how the book is bound and how why why did the publisher decide to make it the size they did? And, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's like a square versus like a rectangular uh, book, how would it differ if it's the other thing? So so I kind of sometimes try to um, 
take that similar approach and apply it to yeah. films and, and movies like you said like look, looking at that mm-hmm. movie kids poster, are not the best the, audience yeah. like you said though <laughs> for it, that i'm also very critical it, yeah and i it depends I, how, I you, how you phrase well. it yeah well I, like today i was reading pucho with my duolingo polish group and mm-hmm. i was just laughing with them because i was like it's so nice to read like my kids books with you guys. Cause I can like dissect the grammar with you guys. Like my kids wouldn't listen to me talk about genitive and <laughs> instrumental and, um, and also like how the text, like I, I have, I'm like critical that the text is too small here. And like, or the book yeah. is, I was saying how the book is heavy. Like my only complaint is like, I'm trying to read it to my kid in bed and it's too big mm-hmm. and heavy. So yeah. I have that, that whole book approach where I'm critiquing the yeah. book the whole time I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your own fault for talking about genitives with your kids no i don't that's insane <laughs> you got to read the audience <laughs> yeah so if you do you had it coming yeah okay so the last one the number 10 um so we, we did a lot of uh practical things so far i hope that's what people will get but the last one is is goals and it's about setting your goals and think about what is realistic you know just like with your l1 acquisition with your native language your your child like if they're seven years old they're not going to be you know as we said they're not going to be talking about accusative and genitive and they're not going to be parsing grammar uh but they're they won't be doing that in their target language either so Mm -hmm. it's about um thinking what is realistic and and being very probably be very conservative about about that because we've mentioned that many times before it's it's take your idea and cut it in half (laughs) and then try that yeah yeah yeah, it's a similar approach to travel, you know, mm-hmm. by a, by a suitcase that's half of what you think you'll need, um, sure. and yeah, so so really a- approach it like that with with having a very strict idea of what is feasible, um, mm-hmm. so that you do not fall so short that you get discouraged. Very good um, point. Yeah, yeah, start small. I think starting small, and then celebrating if you have a win, you know, you you do it for a week, then celebrate that try again the next week it doesn't have to be these massive goals from january to december this is what i'm going to do every single day Um, because you are just setting yourself up for failure i think we've all been down that road Mm -hmm. um and as a you know as a parent i would say just don't stress about your kids level i think it'll come with time and uh you know you could make a video at the beginning of the year maybe make one every month and kind of see how it's progressing but I wouldn't stress I wouldn't stress about their level I wouldn't stress about their vocab their grammar it's it's normal to be making mistakes to maybe be forgetting words Um, so you know maybe have like one maybe two goals but like make them as a family not like you know child a do this (laughs) I wouldn't be very strict and very focused too much on like Mm -hmm one kid getting better like oh well this kid has worse you know grammar I want them to read right. the grammar like I, I wouldn't do that approach I would just say you know as a family we're gonna speak Polish every night during dinner you know something mm-hmm. you know that the goal you could actually achieve um, maybe make it kind of broad so that it's not like like you said this too small thing that you're gonna if you don't do it you fail yeah and similarly with with your like an adult language learner you know the if you're Heather, sure, but it, most of us don't start by parsing grammar in Moliere if you're learning French. I love um, grammar. You'll yeah. never change my mind. No, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just saying okay. some of us <laughs> like it slightly less. Okay. Um, but yeah, start with board books and picture books. And then um, once you progress through that, maybe get a biography of Moliere before yeah. continuing. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's something that you can um, 
that you can do. And just as, you know, like if you're watching TV shows, like I think Netflix has Money Heist, which is like at the moment, the number one show. Mm -hmm. um, and you might find that super riveting. Um, so, and you know, you love that show or other shows that you like. So don't set that as your goal for like how much you want to enjoy mm. reading a board book in your target language, because that's yeah. Well, also that's do not... it. Do what you enjoy. You know, we've given mm -hmm. you 10 tips, but you don't need to do all of them. You can pick that you're only going to do TV and, and cooking. <laughs> that's, yeah. Those are your goals. You know, that's great. You don't need to. I think these are just 10 tips that people can choose from, but they're not like a, this is not like a recipe you have to follow from one to 10. This is pick and choose oh, as, no. you, yeah. as you want. <laughs> yeah. And TV and cooking sounds very uh, appealing. appealing. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> so the 10 tips that we suggest uh, that you should do in 2022, at least some of them are number one, music. And number two, games. Number three was reading. And number four is writing. Number five, cooking and eating. And six is routine. Number seven, activities. And eight is talking and video calls. Number nine was TV and films. And number 10, goals and setting them. So, and celebrate each small victory because they do build and those are much more easier to maintain and that consistency is is the the most important key to success mm -hmm. so if you think to yourself like i will attend one duolingo event a week you know that's that's huge like yeah. even if it's just that that's already mm -hmm. spending usually an hour depending on how long the the event is but about an hour um yeah really immersed in your target language and I think accountability is also an important part here. So if you are on things like social media, some a lot of people post their goals for the year. Could be something you want to do. I've seen a lot of people doing uh, quarterly goals. So they have mm -hmm. goals for just the first three months and then the second three months, you know, so they're chopping it the year into quarters. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that is motivating because once you've put it out there, once you've told people, here's what I want to achieve, um, it can help you to, to keep yourself accountable. Um, yeah. There's many ways to do that. You know, there's trackers, there's all sorts of things that people can get into. So we're not experts. We're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah. But just things, things to think about food for thought while you're planning yes. your New Year's resolutions. Yeah. So as a bonus one, always listen to the Future is Bilingual podcast. There you go. Don't miss an episode. So thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you let us know if you have any specific language goals for 2022. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tag us if you share it on social media. And thank you for listening. Bon année. Thank you. Szczęśliwego nowego roku. Feliz año nuevo. And frohes neues Jahr. And happy new year to everyone. We'll catch you with a new episode in 2022. <laughs> okay, bloopers. What are we really doing? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather. Cześć, ja jestem Marcin. Oh, <laughs> just going to surprise me with Polish? Okay. Możemy mówić po polsku. No, we won't speak Polish. We won't speak. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. Bienvenue tout le monde. Je m'appelle Heather. Cześć, ja mam na imię Marcin. Cześć, Marcin. I can't do it. Welcome oh, back, guys. It's not live. <laughs> You imagine hello everyone at oh, marching <laughs> here you typing well, uh, <laughs> i'm trying to make it easier for you and so banane
Oh, bananas. Oh, yeah, bananas. <laughs> I realized it. And then I just was silent. 